that's no moon. Hello there, and I'm not your normal voice. <laughs> and uh, Cockles has decided to move house, and we've decided to carry on without him because we don't need him. Nope. Um, so t- today we are going to be struggling quite a bit uh, with the concept of recording and all of the other things that we do. And um, I'm greeted with only one retrograde out of the usual four of us. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I, I, you see, I, I can I can be busy and still make the podcast, isn't that right, Cockles and Tom? That's pure dedication. Pure. I mean, Tom's Tom's just got illness, and that's still a pathetic excuse. Yeah. Um, and then we are greeted by a, a Patreon member as well, I believe. Yeah, um, that's right. And that's not his only uh, excuse to be here, but he's recently got a new accolade that he can brag about for a long time. And we've got Chris Reese from LGT. Hello, from LGT. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> well, I suppose, um, normally, Cockles always asks, uh, what do you do and where do you come from? Uh, give us a bit of a background. Uh, but, 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 for this, but for this, we're sure the viewers don't really care. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone might be familiar with Chris. So, um, yeah, he's, I mean. He's the, he's the older brother of uh, Mike Reese. <laughs> 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 well, you say that Louisa did say to me last night. She's like, they're not related, are they? And I'm like, no. Karis, <laughs> Karis said the exact same thing to me, and I said no. She went, what? <laughs> the uh, last year at Expo, we were, we got drawn round one, and uh, Ellis rejigged it because he didn't want us like playing with. We travelled down together. Um, oh, didn't he think you were brothers as well? Because the Sunday, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm Chris. Uh, I come travelling down from uh, up in Scotland. Um, so based around kind of Edinburgh, um, in and amongst the scene up there. Um, been playing it since about Krennic and Shore Troopers, that sort of wave. Um, started with Rebels and kind of dabbled into all the factions now. Um, sort of over a period of time. Um, but as, as I'm sure we'll discuss, um, I've sort of settled on blizzard is my current list of choice for winning events so have you won any of our two-day events i suppose before that um so there was the one at element at christmas um where i was also running blizzard although back with op vader um otherwise in terms of the two days i tend to go in you kind of four two sort of brackets um yeah, that, that you went, sort of um, You won. Is that two element you've won then? Because you beat me in the final, didn't you? No. So I, I won one, uh, and then I came second at one against Ollie, uh, where I had to play his Blizzard with double bounty. Um, <laughs> there was a hoot. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> we, we, we said to each other before the game, we were like, we're going to be as gamey as possible. And we're like, yep, yep, <laughs> cool. We, yeah, were shooting, I... we were shooting each other underneath the Millennium Falcon for a good portion of the game. <laughs> you can see someone's ankles. Yep, that's him. He's no. dead. It's even easier now to shoot people's ankles mm. with new silhouette light. Um, so, yeah, we do have a very semi-sense of order of 
business. Uh, so we're going to obviously uh, recap uh, LGT games. Um, there might be some mention of some weird fantasy uh, aspects as well as sci-fi because um, uh, obviously Ollie didn't play. Um, and it's always interesting to hear it, to him talk about losing games for a change. Um, we cover any upcoming events because um, obviously now that's the final World Open qualifier in the UK, but there's still plenty more um, in Europe for us to talk about. Um, and then um, some games that we've recently played um, and uh, mini extravaganza where kind of we've got a, a brief overview like of what we thought about it, but we're going to go into more depth about that um, next week. We're going to do, do a double double recording this one this week and one next week. Um, so we're going to like the reveals and stuff next week. Um, but first of all, it's always a, a big thank you to Patreons because without it, um, Cockles would have put this recording off for another two, three weeks. Um, so um, I put my foot down and I said, we're doing one no matter what because of you guys, really. Um, unfortunately, he's also useless because he's not giving me the latest list of um, the latest members to sign up. Um, so I do apologize. Um what I will do, I'm going to put it out there now because um, I've only just decided. Uh, if we get three more members and get to 60, uh, we're currently sat at 57, um, I will send every single member a stand-in orders card because I have got lots of them to give away. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the official promo one from quite early on, um, but we're, we'll get them either to you in the post or um, in person because I see we, we tend to see quite a few of you quite a few uh, times in the year. Um, but yeah, we're, we'll dive straight in, I guess, then with LGT. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the London Grand Tournament. We had a whopping 40 tickets sold, um, but we had 36 on the day. Um, apparently, I can't count either, because for the whole of the Friday, when I was setting up tables, we sat there with the X-Wing lot and the Armada lot going, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we've got... Um, uh, 36 players i knew exactly how many we had and we laid out all the tables i was like yeah it was just uh four rows uh, two rows of eight and uh that's uh 36 well no it's not <laughs> uh it's 34 so um yeah it, uh, when everyone signed up and was like oh where's uh table 17 and table 18 i was like there's no damn it yes there should be a table 17 and 18 <laughs> so there was a very last minute panic um to get them tables set up so i do apologize to anyone who's on their tables round one um and that's a, a bit of a rookie to mistake for sure but i think other than that the event went really well uh, we had a streaming table um so that's on the twitch um what uh, Tom's going to download the final and um, upload that into the YouTube channel as well um, and give it um, some commentary I think he's going to give over the top um, so that'll be interesting to see his inputs on it um, <laughs> um, I'm laughing at comments that the Twitter from Ollie in the in the chat there do you want to say it out loud? Uh, terrible game no point <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just—we're just here to, you know, carry on our theme of just ripping into our guests relentlessly, as uh, as, I, as I just sh showed you with Austin Miller just before we started. <laughs> but yeah, so I think uh, I guess we'll start with um, round one. So Saturday morning, um, let's start with um, 
uh, guess Chris, you can go first. How yeah, did you get on round one? Sure. Um, so I guess just for everyone's benefit, um, I was running the fairly classic at this point Blizzard Force list. Um, so you command evader with improvised burst of speed, force reflexes, and force push. Uh, two stormtroopers with the DLT-19 and the HH-12, two of the medical droids, and four of the speeder bikes. Um, it's the list that Ollie produced uh, and made popular, um, and I am confident in saying that I think it's the best Blizzard Force list that's out there, uh, which is why I've also adopted it. Um, so, yeah, game one um, was against uh, Rich College, um, one of our UK players. Um, I played him once before, I think, at MK last year, uh, when he was running uh, Blizzard, but without Vader. Um, so it's nice to be not on the receiving end of that. Um, we played Breakthrough Major Offensive Minefield, um, and the score ended up as an 8-4, um, where I didn't lose anything, and he lost 390 points, uh, which I think was basically just most of his B1s and some of the BXs. Um yeah, it was a fairly interesting game. Um, there was quite a nice big line of sight blocker relatively central that was higher than the bike silhouette. Um, so I could hide my bikes in it um, and then pick off his sort of straggling units as he tried to move around for the breakthrough. Um, and he kind of wasn't really able to chip down any of the units before Vader got in as well. So Vader got in his face, messed up a bunch of his units. Um, the bikes were picking stuff off at the back. Um, and his kind of stats pushed through to the end. Um, uh, just for everyone's benefit, he had a 12 activation droid list. So it was like three stats, three BX snipers, five B1s, some with rockets, some with snipers, um, and then the unnamed super attack droid. Um, so it was kind of trying to do similar things to Blizzard, but isn't quite as well constructed to do it, really. Um, I mean, how did you lose nothing? Like, and still destroy 400 points. Like, that's quite an achievement with Blizzard Force, I think. Um, so, I mean, it, it, I think a lot of it just came down to the, the terrain and the path you took. Um, I, I left uh, one of the sides open with no mines in it, um, kind of intentionally to try and funnel him that way, um, and he went for it. Um, he was playing very, very cagely with his stats. They were sort of hiding away from my bikes, which is kind of fair enough. Um, but it meant that the BXs ended up kind of behind the rest of his army because they were trying to just sneak little range five shots onto HIUs. Um, and they, they killed a few models. Right? I think I used all my medic charges and like, I don't think any of the trooper squads were full full squads at the end of the game. So I'd because sort I've of lost models across them um, and I'd lost a couple of bikes, but I was able to pick off the BXs fairly steadily with bikes. And once Vader was into his B1 ball, like he was just sort of removing units and, and messing up the units that he did have left that had good good shots. Um, so I think it was just hard for him to get kind of any of his bigger dice pools actually on target. Which um, can you remember which table it was? It was out of interest. Um, it was one of the deserty ones. Uh, it had one of the big sort of Sith temple pieces on it that he managed to knock over onto a bunch of his units. Sort of halfway through the game. So that's how we um, lost 390 points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it had like the big walls and I think the big statue head and um, sort of Mustafari. Yeah. Um, but th those walls are just high enough to let bikes hide behind them, which was really clutch yep. for, for, for me for positioning with them. 
Um, I mean, since I did have feedback from other visitors, um, how did you find the tables? Um, I thought they so uh, thematically they were all incredible. They looked great. Like looking across the tables, it, it was a really nice pool. Um, I had a decent mix of tables across the event. Uh, like I had one that ended up being kind of light, um, which we'll come onto later uh, in one of my other games. Um, and you know, like the final table was probably on the heavier side with all the kind of the buildings across it. Um, but I don't think there was any table that I got to and was like, yeah, this is just a bad table. It was more, you kind of had to find creative ways of playing around it and, and you know, playing the match it right on those tables, which is oh, fine. That's a skill in itself though, right? Yeah. Would um, you have said, um, well, tables were maybe a little bit too sparse in the center and too many line of sight blockers on the outskirts, or would you say it was just a good mix between it all or? Um, there's no wrong yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I'm trying to remember across the tables I played. I, yeah. So I think probably four out of the five had a relatively open middle. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, the, sorry, there were bits of cover there, but they weren't kind of line of sight blocking. So, so you yeah. had kind of a, a decent sight line across the middle of the table. Um, but I'm not sure that that's a problem as such. Like, I think I think if you end up with too many tables with big line of sight blockers in the middle you just favor kind of force user lists quite heavily yeah no i think um i had received feedback and obviously i I think finn listens um and i i think i i went back and kind of reanalyzed all the tables and i i kind of did agree that i maybe had done too many of where the middle was as you say kind of like it was a piece of terrain it was kind of not a line of sight blocker and there was maybe only three or four of them um that were um just a line of sight blocker um so obviously when you've got 20 odd tables that's not a good average um it should be kind of um one heavy one light one open one kind of line of sight blocker so like you rotate across four like a four rotation so that's good i i'm always happy to receive feedback um and i spoke with finn quite a bit about it um and anyone everyone else over the weekend about the table feedback and stuff so i'm always looking to improve and change it so that's good to hear um yeah i mean at least across the tables i played on i had a quite a nice balance and spread so i was was pretty happy that's, that's what you want uh i mean moving on to terrain wise how was terrain for ollie in your first game <laughs> rough not well, not, not the terrain obviously because the terrain is irrelevant um, just a game. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, I've uh, recently taken up recently taken up a song of ice and fire, and in my bullheaded sense, I was like, "Oh, it's the UK Grand Championship. Sure, why not enter?" Um, I learned that I don't really know how the game works or how the factions work. <laughs> I got absolutely beasted in the first game. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, so many so many times I played a card, and I went, "Oh, it does what? Oh, oh, I didn't know I could do that." Oh, I mean, that, oh, you mean that's dead? Oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. yep bigging yep. up the scene, though. I mean, how many players do they have for their GT? 60-ish. Yeah, so a little bit more than us, but they yeah, have a smaller board. But the, the, the problem is Legion could have equaled that event mm-hmm. had it had it not been for LGT randomly deciding, um, not that long before the event was actually due, that, oh, I'm going to your tickets are stalled. 
Uh, so we're not going to, you know, we're, we're, we're taking that space off you. Song of Ice and Fire had 128 last year, and they could likely have sold that again um, had they have had the proper the proper spacing. There was a huge space where last year there was like MCP and a few other bits that was just not in use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I would have just let a Song of Ice and Fire have the whole space of where Legion was. And like then just last year. Like you did last year, and then just stick Legion up in that gallery at the top and let let us sell however many tickets that we want. It's just it, it's poor form when you've got a, a regional, and that will now be the smallest regional that we have in the country. We've been able to have 60, we've been able to have 86 in MK, but we can only get 38 at the UK's and you know, as they as they even said at the event, second largest wargaming tournament in the world. Yeah, is it in the world, is it? Yep, that's that's what you were saying. Um, I think the only one bigger um, is Adepticon. Oh wow! In in, in terms in terms of, and I think that's it's specifically for Warhammer um, mm-hmm. in terms of like players. Um, but Adepticon will have more Warhammer players than they did at LGT. Um, but you know, he's he's talking about doubling the size of LGT going into next year. And what does that mean for any of the other games? Because the, the the Lee Valley Athletic Center can hold, can only hold so many. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a small um, tangent here. I, I had conversations with Zach about that, um, and I think I do support his decisions. Um, and obviously, I, it's a bit hard for me as well because I get tired, uh, pulled between Zach and OPE. Obviously, I'm working with both because I'm just doing what's best for the community and I want to run big events. Um, both companies um and uh, so tommy for OPE and zach for lgt have got big ideas um and they're both in communication with asmodee about trying to implement them ideas and i think basically asmodee need to make a decision because they were there actually on the uh, on the sunday um, i had a good about half hour meeting with one of uh, with the director of asmodee um and what their plans and ambitions um actually exceeded what I expected them to say um, and what they want to do as a company um, and with the game itself. Obviously, he's, he's not AMG, so he couldn't talk. He, he didn't know anything about design or anything, but talking about um, tournament packs, tournament directions, um, hosting events, the amount of events they want to run that are of this scale and of smaller as well. Um, they kind of all align with what Zach wants to do as well as OPE. Like we've had similar discussions with them as well. Um, and I think he wants, to do it's not 100% all official yet but I'm in discussions with Zach but he definitely wants to do more of these events um, but I think obviously if he starts pulling tickets like he's done I don't think it'd be a great reputation for the other events so we need no, to kind of cement it, that there it's great intentions but a poor start yeah and I think when I speak to Zach I definitely always get the impression that um, he he's got the right ideas and he's got the um, community at heart. And then sometimes maybe when it comes to crunch time and he's got bills to pay regarding the, the venue, I think he then starts to panic and worry about, right, I've only, I need to just sell out. Um, and I think that was the impression I got. Um, Cause when I was talking about these ideas, like the stuff that he wants to do and uh, we're uh, having meetings to discuss in the future, they're all great things. Um, and I, I hope that we do go ahead with them and the same for OPE. I hope even their stuff, like it'd be great to have both of them doing everything they both want to do. But um, we need to sometimes just realize that having a cutoff date of ticket sales um, needs to be the date deadlines in rather than pulled out from our feet. So. I, 
I think that's it. I think if as long as there's clearer comms about when the cutoff is and when we need people to buy the tickets by to make sure that it's safe and we've got the big event, then you know, you can get folk to to get the tickets as and when you yeah. need it, and we could be able to get bigger events in. Because I think that happened with um, Chris was telling me for X Wing that they had um, their tickets was obviously pulled out from underneath them as well, um, and he was like, "Well, we've sold twenty something at the moment, um, and we've now been told we're capped at thirty two. And then he put an announcement on the Facebook group and they went literally from 20 something to instantly sold out because he said, right, we've been hard capped. Um, so it, at least if we if we'd had a notice, we could have then pushed it um, and then obviously pushed that cap higher. But well, I mean, if that's literally the worst thing about the event. I don't think it's a bad thing. Panda, OK, for me, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> Less people there, easier numbers to beat, right? The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the best thing about the event is... Uh... Any of you who listen to Bombad Generals, um, you'll know that there's this crazy character who went on there from Germany called Finn, and he called all of the English players trash. Now, I'm not going to call all the German players trash, because most of them are lovely and very good players, but Finn, trash performance, mate. <laughs> <laughs> brought, 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 brought shame to your shores. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get... Uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Finn in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so round two, um, I mean, go for it, Chris. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was playing uh, Mini Cockles uh, for round two, um, who was running, uh, I think, if not the same, maybe with like an upgrade change, that the list that uh, James Burkhead ran at MKGT, um, he's one of the other the Scottish lads. Um, so it, it's Yoda, Chewbacca, um, three phase ones, one with an RPS, one with a DC-15, one with a Z6, and a medic, um, an arc strike team with echo, and then three bark speeders. Um, and it's obviously just designed to have a really horrible objective deck. Yoda's got a bunch of nasty tools, um, and it kind of messes you around. The downside to it is it wants to do the same things Blizzard does, but maybe not quite as well. Um, so we played... Uh, hostage uh, on advanced positions uh, with hostile environment. Um, it ended up being a 2-0 win for me. Um, uh, and then on kill points, I think I lost... Uh, sorry, I lost 203 um, and he lost 495. Um, this game was streamed. Um, so uh, it's on Twitch. Um, if folks want to go and watch it, you're more than welcome to. Um, it basically boiled down to... He did the sort of Yoda trick on hostage where you play the one pip round one um and you can use guidance twice on your hostage squad so you get four speed one moves from where they start which is quite a lot um which basically got him his hostage like pretty much back into where sort of yoda and, and Chewie were um i popped vader over like sort of over a wall and kind of moved him out into the open towards the hostage um, and I had a bit of a dilemma round two. Uh, the, the, the classic play here is to Vader's might, um, to drag the hostage out and then force push it and use cohesion to just get as much distance as you can on their hostage squad. Um, my worry with that was it left me, or I, I, it looked like it would leave me in an awkward spot with um, Vader getting pushed out by Yoda and then just shot by his whole list of clones. Um, so instead I went for an implacable play um, as a bit of a risk just to try and murder as many clones as I could round two um, and then move into sort of the shenanigans in the later rounds. Um, that paid off 
I think more from luck than anything else. Um, so Vader dove into a squad of clones, basically wiped them apart from maybe a unit leader. Um, and then the sec, like the, he went with uh, the, the squad that had just been brutalized and the unit leader withdrew. So Vader was now stood out on his own. He had a couple of dodges, so he's okay for a couple of shots. Um, but there were still two full clone squads and some barks around, which you don't really want to eat if you can help it. Um, pulled taken from the bag, it was a core, I think, um, improvised orders and pulled Vader. Um, at which point Vader can dive back into it, like kill another clone squad, basically from 100 to nil, dive back into the squad that's activated, and all of a sudden kind of a lot of the threats that were around him had, had been really cut down, um, and it left him in, in a pretty good spot. Um, that kind of continued for a few rounds. You know, Vader got attacked by Chewie and Yoda in sort of bits and pieces, but they weren't able to bring him down. Um, and then right at the end of the game, the bikes I had left managed to snipe uh, Chewie, who had his hostage, um, as he was trying to run off into his zone. So it, it was looking like a 2-2, and I'd probably get it on points killed, but by killing Chewie in that last round, it swung it back to a 2-0, um, which was pretty great. I was going to ask, did you need the? Uh, did you win the one pip off on turn two? But it sounds like you didn't need to care about that. Uh, no, the the only roll off I won was in that Latin in the final. Every other time I had a roll off in all my games, it went the wrong way. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was pretty tragic. Oh, well, the important one then, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ollie, are we still co- recovering from our first loss? I won my second game. <laughs> Back to uh, playing like Legion then. Well, I, I mean, it's more sheer done luck. So. I took three folks. I love giants, um, and I played them. I played them quite a bit. So you know, I was just like, I'll go with something safe, even though they're absolutely terrible at the moment. And I just enjoy just throwing giants at people. And I, and I said to people at the start of the games, I was like, look, I want to make so many mistakes. It's not. It's not really the game I play. I'm just here for some. Here for some fun. <clears throat> Sorry, I've just um, <clears throat> just threw up a little in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> 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 a, a, a concept of fun, Andy, not just. Not just generally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it must have been a foreign feeling all weekend for you then. Ah, uh, mate, it was. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what I actually, um, what I actually played in my second round. I know the first game was against Umbers, the Starks, and that that crucified me. Uh, let's have a little look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I played Renly Baratheon in the second, uh, and I'm very, very good at killing Baratheons. Oh, what's your uh... Elo ranking now. Oh, terrible! Uh, it's like it's like. It's, well, I, I say it's I say it's terrible. I think I've like I've gained five points across the course of the weekend. Um, in general, uh, so I'm on like fourteen eighty nine, which is about average, um, which is acceptable. But he ran Golden Company, Swordsman with Renly, Highgarden Pikeman with Loris, Rose Knights with Parman Crane, and Riders of Highgarden uh, with Courtney Penrose, Elena Tyrell, and Varys as his NCUs. Oh, you're three points above me on rent on uh, Elo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gained, I think it's like 130 Elo points from playing on Friday alone from three games. <laughs> and, 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 and even with that, you're still not above me. <laughs> oh, what a shame. But, yeah. I mean, I'll put it out there. I only played three games over the weekend. I played them all on Friday. 
in an ELO ranking event, and so, I went undefeated yeah, and came maybe, third. Maybe you should explain what an ELO event is, where people take terrible commanders and try, oh, and, yeah, win, and, like, try and win with them. <laughs> it's a right. really, right, it's so a really you, interesting concept, though. So you didn't have to play Team Poland. <laughs> 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 so they're going, oh my god, <laughs> I just want this to be over. <laughs> so, some guys are taking it really seriously, and anybody anybody knows from the Legion scene knows that I just... I capitalize on that by just by just poking my opponents with the uh, with just random little things and just uh, just stressing them out. Yeah, for, <laughs> um, yeah, that... for as I was say, I was just going to explain it for um, a song of ice and fire when they were in an Elo event. Your final position, is, so obviously there was three of us all undefeated. It's not determined by um, like the size of your victory. It's done by your commander. So. The commander who's like the worst ranked commander at the moment by like how how many games they win on average, um, gives you a positive uh, elo ranking boost. So if you're running like the, literally the worst commander in the game and you went three and zero, you're guaranteed to go first, even if the games that you won were like just uh, like small victories, like just like ten ten nine kind of thing, because the game finishes when you get ten BP. Um, but then I, for instance, I tabled one guy, nearly tabled a second guy. I my victories, although they were proper like high end victories, like in the scale of it, I ranked lower because my commander is apparently a really good one, even though I didn't know that going into the event. So like, yeah, it's, it's an you interesting didn't concept. Know it. <laughs> didn't know, maybe. <laughs> so it's almost like you sit there on a song of ice and fire stats as much as I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> You knew exactly what you were doing. Whereas I looked, I, at, I looked at mine and went, "Oh, oh, Magda Mike is like the fiftieth best commander you can take." Yeah, why not? You know, like it's, it's if I'm going to go to a tournament and play casual, it doesn't matter yeah, what game it is. I, I just picked the wrong event to play casual in. Yeah, like the UK Grand <laughs> Championships is not the one. Uh, yeah. uh, so back to Legion because we're a Legion podcast, not a song <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're, t- we're turning we're turning too much like uh, Fifth Trooper have you, and Jay's there. Like, have you heard about this game? What about this uh, game? This is, on, uh... this, is, <laughs> this is on After Dark. I just want to hear about Legion. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. They've got another podcast out this. Uh, I think it's this week or next week. Um, it's a RPG Cthulhu one. Uh, Louise is in it. As long as it's not about Malifaux. No, no. Then, 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 then I'm okay. Mal- Mal- no, Malifaux will forever in my mind have burned me. Having o- <laughs> having owned a shop, there's only store owners out there. Don't just don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna sit on your shelf for six months until you get until you close down, and then you're gonna ship them out for less than you paid for them. But <laughs> really, has burnt you, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't I don't get too antsy about about many things, but that, well, that's one of them. Cool. Uh, round three, Chris. What, how'd you get on? Uh, yeah, so this is where I played Finn. Um, so not really what you want to see at the back end of a Saturday, um, but it, it, it was what it was. Uh, so Finn was running uh, what he claimed was his fun list. Um, so he had uh, Anakin with push, throw, seize initiative and endurance, uh, Yoda with burst of speed, barrier and push, uh, two phase ones with an RPS, one with boil, uh, and then three of the arc strike teams, one with Echo, two with the basic DC-15 arc dude. Um, 
So, yeah, so I saw this list and went, ah, oh, I should be okay as long as we don't have to play on Hostage. Um, and then the the flop came out and Hostage was in slot three. Um, so I knew from the off that that's what we were playing. Um, at that point, it kind of was damage limitation. Uh, fortunately, it meant that I was able to force uh, Hemmed in in Hostile Environment, um, both of which are, are good on Hostage and against clones. Um, so ended up being pretty pleased with that. Uh, the table we were on was one of the more open ones. Uh, Finn picked the side that had at least some of the big line of sight blockers on it um, and then proceeded not to use them. Um, you remember they're what table that was? Uh, it, it was one of the sort of wood. Uh, so it had a bunch of trees on it, some of which had fallen over. Uh, and then there was one of the kind of big temple pieces that was kind of painted as stone and some spaceships on it as well. It was like a... Yeah, B wing and a couple yep. others. Um, yeah, yeah. So there, the, there, there was relatively limited kind of line of sight blocking terrain, at least for a unit. Um, you could kind of get like a model behind one of the big trees. Um, but with hostage on hemmed in, uh, his hostage started um really close to me, um, because I obviously dominate the center of the table with that deployment, um. I kind of positioned stuff relatively safely. So the bikes kind of moved up the side, sort of start round one and, and tucked in. Um, he played Anakin's three pip uh, round one, which I think was a bit of a choice. Um, it, it felt a bit like he was trying to get the benefit of, of Anakin kind of at his max and also Yoda in the same game. But I think it causes him pain with his command hand to then try and actually kind of get the play through um so his hostage got guidance once by yoda um on on turn one um which meant that vader started turn two at range one of his hostage um so i played vader's might um ready to just start throwing them around and um he played yoda's three pit which again i think is a choice um i get that it gives you some survivability on that round two but i'm not sure it gives you enough and you surely may as well try and go for the one pip get your hostage sort of into a fairly safe place and have the option at least of that roll off um, but he didn't go for it he played his three pip which was fine um vader vader's might his hostage um killed a couple of the dudes in in the squad um moved into melee uh got six hits finn dodged one um with one of yoda's dodges uh, which left it at five pierce three um and that wiped the squad um i think he was a, maybe a little bit surprised that i just killed the squad rather than keeping vader in melee safely but killing his hostage in like my side of the table is just such a big play on hostage um after that my bikes basically just pinned in his clone ball at the back of the table um so they were kind of trying to hide behind this b-wing while the bikes just moved in and kept shooting them i was quite comfy the bikes were going to die but at that point they were just a distraction for all of his clones so they weren't playing the objective um he moved anakin and yoda in uh so anakin ended up basing vader um at the point at which he was immobilized so i knew that the next round he wasn't gonna be able to force push vader if he wanted to withdraw he'd have to spend his whole action doing it which also meant that he couldn't claim the hostage um he opted to dodge and swing at vader did a couple wounds um vader then swings back hits him for quite a lot um implacables hits him again and throws him out into the open, uh, at which point the HRUs finished him off. Um, and then that left Yoda in base contact with Vader. 
um, kind of in the middle of the table, all of his clones way out the back where they couldn't support it, and Yoda just got force pushed and shot down by HRUs afterwards. Um, he did get a little bit unlucky on his red defense dice, um, but also positionally he was in quite a bad place, having to feed me one force user at a time to kind of stay in the game. Um, I think that was mostly just down to command card tempo. Um, so I ended up as a, a 2-0. Um, we called it on hostage because um, I had mine scored and his was just sat in the middle of the table. Uh, I lost 280 points, which I think was just all four bikes. Um, and he lost 551, which was sort of both force users and one of the phase one squads. Um, and I was well chuffed because knocking Finn out is no mean feat. Because uh, as much as Ollie likes to talk trash about him, uh, <laughs> he is semi-competent. Yeah, and he, I think he, previous two rounds had been UK players. Um, so he obviously will hold that over us, that he at least knocked two of them out. Oh, no. Uh, wow. Kev's a sly one, isn't he? Um, <laughs> game Yeah, Kev faced Finn round one. And uh, Kev was also taking Blizzard Force. <laughs> um, Kev can write a guide on how not to play Blizzard Force. Um <laughs> And it's going to be co-authored with um, Jack Prouting because <laughs> between the two of them, they won three games out of ten. Um, so yeah, um, I think I even heard uh, Jack probably won't like me saying this, but I heard him say that um, Ollie actually has some skill because it's not as easy as it looks just taking the list uh, with no practice. So yeah, I mean it. It comes down to the the bikes ultimately like you need to know when to hit how to hit and how to play them safely um and you need to be able to make just the right calls about when it when you know when you can throw them in and sacrifice them in a game versus yeah you know, when you can't you need them to persist until the end of the game because the, the, all of blizzard force is built on fairly flimsy units when it comes down to it and as soon as you start taking wounds it can all come down around your ears quite quickly um so you need to kind of get the benefits but without taking loads of damage on the way through how many? Contrary, oh, contrary to what the Americans would say, Blizzard is not an aggro list anymore. It, it, it just isn't. Uh, it used to be, maybe, uh, and you used to be able to just throw things in and hope that it sticks, but now it requires you to be really, really cagey if you want to pull games with it. Because you can't just you can't just mess about with it anymore. It's just, you know, it's and I, I would love it to be Blizzard. You just whack it on the table and you just win games, but it's not. Like, every decision has got to be made um, correctly, because if you move a single unit too early, your entire plan can fall apart. Yeah, I, I think back when it first started, the the concept of having four bikes and being able to chuck them out caught people by surprise. So people would leave units out on their flanks, they'd kind of misdeploy and you could really punish them for it. Um, as we've progressed over time, people understand how to play against the bikes, I think, specifically. Um, and you know how to lure them in, how to trap them, and and kill them very fast. And you've seen a lot more, you know, sharpshooter enlists, um, which really hurts them. So, um, yeah, it, it's very easy for them just to to die, and then you're now way behind in terms of tempo. Yeah, I think it, I think it's an objective um, list now. Like you really, really just have to focus in and play the objectives. I'm assuming you were blue all weekend as well. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> um, if I remember right from the stats, um, oh actually I do have them. I'll get them open. Um, 
that I think uh, the free Blizzard forces were all of the um, highest bids. Um, I actually have the um, stats from um, Decatur because um, I love that man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, as a slight small tangent on since I've got the stats over now, um, activations wise, the average was nine, which I think is pretty standard. I think these days everyone realizes nine's pretty go between. There was one 12 activation and two seven activations. Um, but everything else was um, in between. Um, and then it was army points. There we go. Um, yep. Oh, look at that. <laughs> 22 point bid. Is that, that's yourself, isn't yeah, it? On that's right. Right? Yep. There's three of them. <laughs> They're all the three highest bids. Um, uh, but then at the other end of the spectrum, um, eight, there's 10 800 pe- uh, point lists. Um, so an average of 794. So if you're wanting to be bought blue, you need to be around the 794, 793 range as a as a rough ballpark figure, except Blizzard, obviously. Well, I don't think at most of the UK's Tempest players weren't in attendance. Correct. Y- yeah, one Tempest force. Yeah, because you, you don't have your likes of um, uh, Geoff Poirot um, mm-hmm. or uh, Tony. Well, you know, Tony Fox is on Blizzard now. Oh, is he converted yeah, as well? Yeah, he's, he's converted to the church, which for I'm only a priest and Dave is the Lord and Master of. <laughs> um, yeah, so he runs think... transponders on his bikes, so he's only got a six-point bid. Yeah, that's because he's a melt. Um, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a tale for another day. But there was a Battle Force breakdown, so there was uh, the same amount of uh, 501st as there was Blizzard. Um, so three of each. Uh, there's only one Tempest Force, eight Rebels, but no Battle Forces. So every Rebel in attendance was just the um, plain faction. Um, eight Republic, four Separatists with no Battle Forces, um, two Shadow Collective, um, and then seven plain Imperial. So, Just on the 501st, um, hmm. so I, I'd played a couple of practice games with 501st before this event because i was debating running it having just got some clones um and interestingly i think it was johnny who i was playing against said please go back to blizzard because it's more fun to play against like if i'm gonna lose at least we can have a fun game of it people begging for you to go back to blizzard amazing because <laughs> well, like the only draw of the event was the two 501st players right where yep. they generally just sat at opposite ends of the table and barrier uh, damage well, they, play, they played bomb and run um because it was um uh, nav and i can't remember who it was um but yeah it's i think it was around three or four uh, with nav and uh they played bomb and run and so they both got the exact same lists apart from like two upgrades, I think it was. So they, they literally passed one down one end of the longboard, one part down the other end of the longboard, passed a few shots. I think there was three models dead at the end of the game, and that was it. Um, none of them like strike teams. There was a bark that was left on like one or two health. Um, but yeah, they basically, as you said, just sat there, traded a few, and then walked off and got a draw. <laughs> um, Although I think I pointed out there was a point where he had a chance to to win it and for Nav to lose because he'd left Echo in the wrong positioning and he ne- he just needed to take a risk, be mega aggressive with Anakin, 
go last of him, double move, go first of him, double move and kill Echo and just win that yeah. way. But yeah, it's uh it is a bit of a long slog playing against five oh first sometimes. But um so uh end of day one though, you feeling pretty good with three and I was well chuffed. Um, so I mean, coming down to the event, I was aiming just to get an invite of some sort. Uh, it was was all I wanted. So three nil set me up really, really well for you know, placing top four. Um, I was happy that I'd beaten Finn. I think everyone was a bit surprised by that, um, which was quite nice. Um, and it was also good because so, so that that started my streak. We'll get there in a minute of just knocking Germans out of the event, um, but. Uh, it also meant that I had quite, you know, a big crowd of, of people sort of behind me and kind of you know, wishing me well onwards, which was which was really nice. But yeah, I, I bailed out early Saturday night, went back, tried to get a good night's sleep, aiming just to do as well as I could on day two, really. And so there was also uh, a big crowd on the other side wishing that you didn't do well as you knocked out each of the Germans. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a small another tangent. Uh, I think it was good that we had... Um, we had four Germans over, two Polish, uh, Netherlands for Kev, um, and Norway with uh, Alexander, and I believe oh, there was someone else as well from somewhere. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, Tun or Tien. Uh, I've pronounced that really badly. I apologise for him, but um, I can't remember exactly where he, he flew in from um but yeah uh oh yeah because his mate for uh missed his flight so <laughs> that was uh yeah it's good to have uh quite a few uh people from different countries playing uh the social though uh we unfortunately failed to find karaoke um which was a downside but we did find it imagine, imagine if we'd gone to the place where i'd actually found karaoke hmm. imagine imagine that Imagine, imagine if we listened to Ollie and didn't just go to where some random Englishman told you there might be a karaoke place. Well, they said, oh, there's a bar there and there's loads of other bars nearby, which in both were very factual. There was lots of bars nearby. Um, but yeah, well, none of them had karaoke. Uh, just a pub where a double rum and apple juice was £9.70. Well, that's London, London for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just expecting that, really. Um, but yeah, we had a, a good time. There's quite a lot of us out. Um, the Polish um, still need to learn how to drink um, because they didn't drink as much as we did and uh, went home early as well. So Highlight hi- hi- of the night is me making a joke at Matthias and him leaning in and going, I will kill your family. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> means a lot. But yeah, it was uh, it was nice uh, for him to buy some vodka. Um, and I still can't remember how you say cheers in Polish because um, I butchered, butchered it as well. Oh, you really, you really are the new cockles. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing it with an offensive accent though. There's, there's a big difference there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we I think we got home about half one after a few drinks because we had nothing on the line. Since did you lose another game? Oh, you lost two games, didn't you? That... Oh, probably, man. I finished. Uh, I finished on two two on uh, on Saturday. Uh... <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> yes, yeah, I got beaten by free folk because you've played shit that I'd never seen before, or that I've, <laughs> or that I've obviously just glazed over when I've been reading free folk. I'm too obsessed with giants, um, and I was like, oh, 
Oh, that's how that works. <laughs> Never seen that before. Whoa. Oh, that's how YRB works. <laughs> but there's a bit like in a, in a couple of the games which I played, um, I had several like reasonable charges to make. So in one game, I had to make one out of two three plus charges and got ones on both, um, failing both panic tests, taking multiple wounds on multiple giants. And I just sat there and went, <sighs> "So here we go again." Um, but no, it's 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 a it's a it's an interesting game. Sure. It's because you're not playing with D8s and uh, red red defense dice. I know it's confusing the hell out of me. <laughs> um, uh, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel very money supermarket. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no yeehaw. <laughs> zero out of five yeehaws for that. I did think like Saturday morning you were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be like yeehawing, and you were like all energetic, and then I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to hear the yeehaws coming from a song of ice and fire, and I think I heard none all weekend. <laughs> no. No, but at no point did I lose that energy. <laughs> oh no, of course not. It's just <laughs> I was looking forward to it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so yes, yeah, Sunday morning. Um, start. Uh, I think was it uh, Nav lost um, our his his round three, and he was on a pair down. So that did dictate that we were going to only need two games um, on the Sunday since yeah. we had four undefeated. Big shout out uh, to Nav for that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah because we had um yourself dave grant with oh, wacky bullshit um it was yeah it was ahsoka uh luke two buses two fleets and then uh a naked fl- uh, uh rebel troopers with uh, a medic yeah. both the buses had medics and i think there was also um is it Ryder Azadi, the one who gives out the dog? Uh, Shriv, the, uh, the shield Shriv. commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, it, yeah. Because both his heroes are operatives. Yeah, that was it. Um, so yeah, Dave had been doing really well with that. Um, and uh, obviously was undefeated. Um, Chris was undefeated. And then we had um, Dennis and... Is it Richard? Yeah, no, R- R- yeah Richard. Richard. So two Germans, two Brits. Um, I did the pairings, fully expecting a Brit versus Brit and German versus German. Um, and we got the best possible outcome. It was um, a German versus Brit and a German versus Brit, which is really interesting because you can end up with a double Brit final, double German final, or a one of each final, which uh, makes it quite exciting to bounce between the games. Um, yeah, I, I will say of, of the, the three opponents that I had at that point in the pool, Dave's was the list that I, I think I'd rather have played. Um, like I'd, I'd played you know, two games against Yoda already and didn't like the look of uh, Dennis's arcs. And then uh, Richard's list, um, we'll come on to in a minute, um, but was sort of rebel nonsense. Yeah, I mean, uh, go for it. Lead, lead away with your game. Yeah, so um, uh, so I, I got I, I pulled I pulled Richard um, for the for, for round four, um, which was the list that I really didn't want to see. Um, so he had uh, a rebel officer with underworld connections. Um, Cassian with situational awareness, the rifle and Overwatch, um, Ahsoka with push burst into the fray and tenacity, uh, K2 with the blaster, uh, two rebels with DLTs, one that was running naked, and then in special forces slot, he had two naked Ewok Slinger squads, um, which looks really weird on paper. Um, we'll probably talk about it in a minute, but actually, I think that's a bit of a sleeper pick um, for special forces for rebels. Um, and then he had two of the uh, FDE turrets. Um, so 11 activations, two more than I had. Um, and 
and we were on another one of the sort of forest theme tables. I think this was like kind of bluey, um, orangey one that someone had made. Is that Tom Smith's table? No, the that's the Endor, but like when you're on LSD, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it, it was interesting because I looked at it at the start and went, oh, God, this is the most open table I've ever seen. Like the, there's some trees here and there that I can maybe hide behind, but otherwise it's it's a little bit bare. Um, and then as I started to look more, there's sort of these big pile of leaves that actually you can hide troopers behind. Um, and it sort of all sort of came together a little bit more as uh, the, the more I looked at it and actually turned out to be a, a pretty decent table. Um, for our game, we played, uh, it was another hostage because um, it came up in slot three and he had Ahsoka, so we wanted to go for it, which is kind of fair. Um, for deployments, uh, I forced danger close and then the condition was clear. Um, so... This one was a relatively classic Blizzard hostage player, um, but this was also the game that I thought I was going to lose for most of it. Um, so we started off, uh, Vader ate three wounds in round one from some of the FDs because um, he managed to get a bead on him, uh, just with the way the deployments ended up. Um, so not a great start, um, but because the table was relatively open for vehicles, his FDs were right at the edge of uh, his sort of long edge of danger close. Um, and then I put my bikes on the kind of short edge of the table just outside range five from his FDs uh, from the start. So I knew that I could get you know, a compulsory move, move, shoot into the, the FDs and just try and start whittling down some of his sort of squishier units. Um, so towards the end of the turn, Vader pops out, um, so it takes a couple more shots, um, but positions himself so he's close-ish to... Um, to Richard's hostage squad, um, play Vader's might uh, round two. Uh, he plays Ahsoka's one pip. Uh, he wins the roll off, but because of Ahsoka's one pip only gives the uh, Ahsoka an order, um, he then has to pull from the stack if he wants his hostage unit, which he didn't get. Uh, he pulled an FD, I think, um, and maybe did another wound to Vader. So v- Vader, Vader's might's his hostage, pulls it back, sort of basically next to my deployment, um, and. Uh, yeah, he did wipe the squad um, again. Uh, it leaves Vader out in the open, but he's already got Ahsoka there with a force push and um, burst of speed. So if he wants to put Vader out into the open, he already can. Um, and he was going to be in heavy cover pretty much from wherever the shots were coming from, which was quite nifty because it's sort of a big central piece of heavy cover terrain um, that we were using. So uh, both hostages were over on my side of the table. Ahsoka kind of dives into my hostage squad and kind of messes them up fairly significantly and chucks Vader out into the open so that he, he took some more shots. Um and then round three was kind of where it got interesting. So uh I played I think Fear and Dead Men um just to try and get a whole load of dodges. Um because Vader was on maybe five wounds at that point out of eight round, so he wasn't round, looking too well. Fairly sure round three was Master of Evil for you. Um and round four you went Fear and Dead Men. Um, I think it was the other way round. No, in fact, it, it definitely was, the, was way, the other way round. It was definitely we'll the other way round. In a minute. Yeah. yeah. So because Vader it, had two health left, I think at the start of that round. Yeah. So it was fear and dead men just try and keep him alive. Pulled a soaker in and hit her, um, and did four wounds with the attack, which was clutch. This game, just in terms of dice, was one of the wackiest games I think I've ever played. Um, the white dice were saving more than the reds were. Um, and then on all the attack pulls, either rolled absolutely everything um, or nothing. And it, it was it's the same across all the pulls. Like FDs were either hitting six or none. 
um ewoks were doing the same vader was doing it bikes were doing it it was it was a proper wacky game with dice even on the uh shots i saw him take it was like oh, i've got a cl- i've just got a rebel dlt because i think it was just the the heavy weapon left to shoot yeah. vader in heavy cover and he was like i'll aim shoot because he rolled off the suppression and it was like well i roll one crit in a surge so that's two crits and then he spends the aim on the the white dice and rolls that into a third crit and it's like you sat there like I can't spend my dodge. I'm in heavy cover, and I've got. I think you'd already taken four wounds at that point, and then it was just like free saves. It was like everything I was watching was just wacky. Yeah, no, it it was a totally bizarre game when it came down to the dice. And the the key mistake I think Richard made, and we talked it through afterwards, and he had fairly sort of he seemed fairly certain that it was the right decision. Um, I'm not convinced, but that's sort of by the by. He. Uh, on turn three, he pushes Vader t- towards his unit so that they're closer to the slingers so they can shoot. Um, and then dives Ahsoka into my squad of snows, or my second squad of snows that didn't have the hostage. Um, triggers charge, rolled six hits, um, and then I rolled one block on the defense dice. So without Pierce, it had already wiped the squad, which was not what he wanted. Um, so Ahsoka was left standing in kind of the open with two wounds remaining um uh with kind of all my full squads of bikes to go um and and died for it um vader managed to live through that round i think i think he had two wounds left on on him at the end of that round um round three master of evils puts a bunch of suppression out onto all the the units that are nearby um to stop the ewoks doing quite as much um uh one of his Ewoks goes first, shoots Vader, doesn't really do very much. Vader moves into the other squad, wipes it, and then pulls the Ewoks in. Um, and throughout all of this, the bikes on all turns had just been starting to kill through white save rebels who were kind of basically out in the open from the angles they were coming in from um, and just putting in a lot of work. Um, but yeah, with, with, with Ahsoka dead, his hostage on my side of the table, my hostage relatively safe with one of my units, it was always going to be a bit of an uphill slog. Um, he did kill Vader in turn five. I think K2 punched him to death, um, which was fair at that point. Um, but he wasn't able to get to his hostage. Um, so at the end, it was 3-0 to me on hostage. Um, he'd lost 717. He just had Cassian left. Uh, not Cassian, K2 left. Um, and I'd lost 416 because I'd lost Vader and both Snows. Um, but it was the, the scoreline makes it look like a really one-sided game. I think if if this is Soka play hadn't wiped the Snow Squad, um, actually I was potentially in quite a bind, and I was definitely feeling the pressure through through that whole game. So he, he was a good player. I think that one, I, I think misplay um, aside, it was a really great game. He was a really great opponent, um, and yeah, it, it definitely put the pressure on, which was yeah, which was really good. I mean, I've played Richard three times i think twice on tts and once at worlds and yeah all three have been very hard games and he's smashed me twice and <laughs> i've beaten him once so yeah he's a good player indeed it was, was interesting though so the the ewok slingers in his special forces slot i think that so they were mostly there for activation padding because they're, they're 75 points for two squads plus underworld connections like they're massive value they're six-man squads that are hard to deal with at range with low profile um and the surge token that they get and then it's a body of of six six models that can chuck some black dice at you when they get there so i it sounded like from his game with jack the ewoks kind of terrorized him and just sort of bogged down vader um and 
you know, in my game, they were doing chip damage to Vader, but kind of they, I don't think they were as impactful because they started to lose models um, relatively early from a couple of the bike shots, which I think helped me out. Um, and the suppression as well meant that they weren't getting both actions, which was was pretty handy. But yeah, I think I think you're right though. I think Richard might be onto something with just like a, your back home box objectives. They've got two extra health. They've cost less than your normal rebel, troop, rebel troopers. They've got the same courage. And they're a little bit tankier from the range stuff because of that low profile. So, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of units in the game that are quite good at killing rebel sniper strike teams, um, at least at the moment. So mm -hmm. I think having a sort of safer activation padding for rebels was was a fair shout. I mean, the rest of this was fairly classic sort of meta rebels, as you'd expect. But I think that was a a great little shout. And I don't know, I'm kind of interested to see if it if it takes off. Yeah, no. Um, I've, I've already seen a few other lists uh, being chucked out of that in there already. Um, I mean, on the other end, on the other semi-final table, um, it was interesting watching Dave play Dennis because it's always interesting watching Dave because um, we're playing hostage exchange and he just decides to move his hostage towards uh, Yoda and the Wookies and everything else, and then just fires a shot into I think it was it was into Chew yeah into Chewie on round one and just five wins straight to Chewbacca um on the like opening activation um because um Dennis had moved his hostage carrier away and therefore Dave couldn't play the the game he wanted to do of like using both buses to block him in. So he just went absolutely ham and mega aggressive through both Jedi in. I think they're engaged in melee by it was I think they were set up by the end of turn two, like ready to engage, hiding behind. So they'd got out the buses safely. Um, and they were just hiding behind a big line of sight blockers, both of them ready to both jump at the same time. Um Ahsoka dove first, um, killed some clones, and then Luke followed closely behind. The whole time at this point though, um Dennis has both hostages. Um so it doesn't actually look good, but at the same time, two, two lightsabers cut up clone squads and just like rinse them. Uh, so it, they were actually dying quite quickly. Um, and he was kind of, at one point, Luke had both hostages touching him uh, while having clones engaged in melee with him. So I kind of saw what Dave's intention was just to kind of sit like that for the rest of the game, killing the hostage carriers and then just picking one up turn six and winning on that front. Um, unfortunately for Dave, what he didn't account for was Luke saves. Um, it was the final, was, yeah, turn six, uh, turn five, I think it might have been, he died on, um, end of turn five. And uh, uh, who, who's it? Uh, Yoda hits Luke and uh, hits him for five over two, uh, six over two, two attacks, and he saved one. Um, and he needed to save more than that. <laughs> just let just just need to be alive. That's all Luke had to be to win the game for Dave. And I think he had a few long chances on turn six with his fleets and stuff because Dennis didn't actually have. He only had one hostage at that point, um, or he had an opportunity to pick up a hostage. Um, but yeah, it was it was real clutch until Luke failed his saves for him, um, which was interesting and great to watch the whole way through. Um, and then obviously I was bouncing between your table as well, um, keeping an eye on uh, both games, <laughs> cheering for all players. Yeah, Just, yeah, all players. Yeah, <laughs> no bias. <laughs> um, and then yeah, with um, the final table, 
uh, of yourself versus Dennis. Yeah, so the the stream table got updated with uh, a new batch of terrain, uh, especially for our games. It's quite a sort of dense. Well, I say dense. It was it was it was urban terrain. So there, there was a lot of big buildings, like big line of sight blocking buildings across the table. Um, but there was still a decent amount of sight lines across them. Like there were still lines to move through and, and fire through and, and kind of have a good game. So uh, it was 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 a good table. Um, obviously the game was streamed, so for folk are, you know welcome to go back and watch it if you know, they want to see all the gory details. Um, Dennis's list was pretty similar to uh, Mini Cockles. Um, so he's got Yoda, Chewie, um, a Phase One with DC fifteen, a Phase One with an RPS. A phase two with Boyle, um, an full arc uh, with Echo, and then two bark speeders with no upgrades. So he's dropped a, a bark and the kind of strike team for the full arcs with Echo, which I think is a pretty great shout with Yoda. Um, the ability to have uh, Relentless on that two pip. Um, plus guidance means that you can get sort of really big shots at range three with or range two even with their big dice balls, sharpshooter, and a bunch of aims. So um, that was definitely the thing in his list that I was most scared of and was trying to just avoid being murdered by because it can take activations off the table really, really quickly. Um, for our game, um, uh, I lucked out a little bit with the flop, which was quite nice to see. So I was expecting to see Hostage in slot three and have to play another game of Yoda Hostage. Uh, it didn't pan out that way. He came out slot one, so got rid of it. Um, and then made him choose between bombing run or breakthrough, um, which he chose breakthrough. Fair enough. Um, so we played breakthrough, advanced positions, hostile environment. Um, uh, I was in a relatively good place. I could put all the bikes behind a building over in the corner where they were fairly safe and could just move across the table as they needed to. Um, he had to kind of commit the rest of his units relatively central, um, sort of earlier than I did. Um, I ended up being a little bit sort of hemmed in behind a building um, just with my troopers, just to try and keep them out of line of sight um, for the most part. But that kind of panned out relatively well. Um, and then Vader was kind of just stood sort of quite far forwards in the middle of the table ready to to pounce out and try and grab units um as and when um round one there wasn't tons that happened there's sort of a couple of little stray shots i think maybe one hiu died um was fairly fairly minor sort of skirmishing and positioning just to try and get into to round two um what he did do was pull his arcs quite far, far, far forward to get a shot on some bikes um, which I think was a reasonable call, um, but it then it sort of let me into the game on turn two with Vader's might. So Vader was able to move at the end of the round, um, move quite close to the arc. I think he was sort of just outside range one. Um, round two plays Vader's might, uh, and he played Yoda's two pip. Um, so I got the initiative. Vader pulls the arc troopers over this. There's like sort of central train that was just higher than a silhouette, which was quite convenient. So I pulled his arcs across it. Um, uh, didn't kill any with Vader's might, which I was a little bit sad by. But you, you play the the game you got in front of you. Uh, Vader dove in, killed three, which is about average. Um, so pretty happy with that. And that brings the the squad down to two two models. You got Echo and and one arc. Um, so their offensive capability got cut down really really short at the start of. Um, round two and they were sort of they were in such a place that he couldn't really get his medic to them sensibly without exposing them to a lot of other stuff 
um, so couldn't even kind of bring back a model with with the uh, the one medic that he did have. Um, uh, Yoda's two pip. He he moves the arcs out of out of combat, or I think force pushes Vader out with Yoda. Uh, Guidance is the arc, so they move and take a shot with Relentless. Um, they go later in the round and kind of double move and take another shot. Um, they managed to. Uh, so they managed to finish off a bike that was wounded. Um, so I was an activation down, and at that point it was eight eight uh, activations wise breakthrough. Um, I move a bunch of stuff out and start trying to get across the table behind the next building along, and just like progress around the table. Um, got a fair way with most of the squads. Um, we hit turn three where I go for implacable with versus speed. Um, hurl Vader out. Uh, Vader one shot to bark, which is pretty standard Vader behavior. Um, and then pulls himself into a squad of clones. Um, and I think this is probably where the game swung my way. He opted to try and lock Vader down with two units so that he couldn't get a second kind of big speed three activation on uh, his second activation for Implacable. Um, but in doing so, he then bases him with Yoda um and kind of i pull tokens out obviously vader stays out in the bag till relatively late which is fine um Yo uh, chewy moves in and hits vader so vader's taken a few wounds but not like not tons um but because those two squads are now there they were sort of positioned kind of in such a way that it was going to be hard for them to have any impact on the game if they wanted to score but also the impact on the game, like on my units, if you wanted to try and rush over to them, was going to be relatively limited because it was going to take him a while to get there. Um, I think he might have been better just chucking Vader out into the open, accepting he was going to have a second activation, but to try and shoot him with all these big phase one dice balls um, and just try and gun him down in the open. Because if he can do it, the game just sort of hard swings his way. Because um, by throwing Vader out, I knew that I needed Vader to kill two activations to keep me in it. Um, so he's wiped the bark. Um, with the second go on Implacable, he pulls a squad of Phase 1 into melee with him uh, that Dennis didn't think would reach, um, which was a bit unfortunate for him. Um, Vader attacks them, kills three. Um, and then it left Dennis in a bit of an awkward place because he'd already played Yoda's one pip, so he couldn't play that. He wanted to play one of Yoda's cards to kind of keep that flow of Yoda's cards going through his hand and being able to play them as and when he wanted. Um and he kind of really had to choose between the two or the three pip. Um, he opted for the two. Um, I played uh, Fear and Dead Men, won the roll-off, which was the one roll-off I won and had a little bit of celebration. Um, but it, like, it was such, it was such a, a like, pivotal moment because if I don't get that, he doesn't kill the squad that he's, you know, he's engaged with and all of a sudden I'm in a pickle with Vader. Um, but I did win the roll-off. Vader goes first and um, finishes off the last three models in, in the clone squad because he's PS3, so that's just what he's going to do. Um, and at that point, I've killed two activations, so he's down to six total, um, and I'm still on eight. Uh, one of which is Vader, who's kind of tied down. And I was assuming Vader was going to die. Um, he kind of leaves Vader alone, force pushes him out of the way, moves Yoda and Chewie to sort of try and start interfering with my other units. Um but it ended up being sort of too little too late. So Yoda and Chewie cause of ended up in a position where they couldn't do much damage to my scoring scoring units or my scoring potential, but also then couldn't score themselves. Um, and with where he'd pushed Vader, Vader ended up being able to score with them just waddling off um, at speed one pace. So ended up a 6-4 on breakthrough. 
Um, it was was definitely a good game. Um, it was like it felt relatively close, and, and you know there, I think there was some some good play on on both sides. Um, I was definitely sweating at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna game at the end, uh, but yeah, uh, managed managed to clutch it and uh, come out. Yeah, I think as you said, like I think during that turn two or three ways trying to uh pin you down i thought he was trying to just uh put yoda into melee with you um and then pl- line up for the chewy uh two pip to leg it into your army yeah um and just leave vader behind um but yeah he chose uh not to do that um i think there Maybe rightly so, maybe not. Um, I think Dennis probably did spend, maybe he probably overfought it, I think, uh, when he was trying to pick his command hand, because um, I was aware of the time at that point. Obviously, you're only on turn three. I think you'd both spent at least two hours of the game so far. Um, and I'd obviously given you three hour round. I'd given you an extra half hour because it was the final. Um, and I think he, I, I clocked him and I was like, you've spent five minutes now. You need to make a decision. I think he, he was speak, he was thinking it out loud. I, I heard him like talking it out. I play three pip for the, all the dodges and I live or play two pip and do X, Y, and Z or what he's trying to do. But yeah, he definitely, I think he might've got a bit too caught up in himself. Um, and maybe, uh, that kind of led to that mistake potentially as well. Um, it's a lot, it's very, pre- uh, stressful <laughs> when you're in them finals, isn't it? Um, yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of pressure, um, and you know, if he'd, if if the if the player had panned out and like between Vader and Chewie, they managed to pin him down and stop him attacking one of the other clone squads, like it, it would obviously have just been the right decision. Um, mm. I, I think he he assumed that he'd positioned Yoda such that I wasn't able to force push the clones in, but they were you know they were categorically in range, so. Yeah, I think it's too hard to kind of get everything in that right exact position that he wanted. Um, well, as I say, congratulations. Thank you very uh, much. Is it? I asked you earlier, but is it sunk in that you're you're going and you've won? Uh, no, not really. Um, I think until I kind of actually see some you know, paperwork or things about <laughs> how to get flights and stuff i'm not sure i quite believe it oh but... yeah I've, I've, I've forgot i've got to submit that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got some admin to do yeah i've got i forgot about that and, you, and yours ollie <laughs> yeah um yeah no i mean that, that's good though um although uh free in, uh uk qualifiers and all free of blizzard force uh, i don't know what that says about us over here really but i think it says more about blizzard force than anything else Maybe it does. I I don't necessarily think so. I think the meta over here has been shaped by the regular players. So, like, with the people who have been playing the most games with Blizzard are the two people who've won flights and hotel with it. We ignore Finn um, because he was on a different version of Blizzard. But I honestly think that, yeah, sure, um, the, the older list in that current meta, in that meta beforehand, was not manageable. But now since they've updated points for Republic... Um, and given a few more toys to, I think they gave the the separatists a little bit of love in the last points update as well. Um, I now think that it's a much more rounded meta, but you are still going to see these top flight lists like your five hundred first and your panicking, um, you know, and your Blizzard Force. You even see in like Bright Tree Village make it over in America in the top eights. Uh, um, Bright Bright Tree was uh, France. No, no, Bright, Bright Tree in America. 
yeah, in, oh, the, in well, the Crucible, it plays yeah, top in eight the, as well. In the Crucible, it plays top eight. Oh, right. oh, it also won the largest Legion event as well. Uh, won the French Open or whatever it was. Um, so, oh, well, um, I think that's a good point to move on to uh, upcoming events. So, I'm running a store championship uh, that is uh, for the 28th of October. Um, I'm assuming Ollie's also putting his hand up because he wants to talk about the That's No Moon store championship. I do. So 11th and 12th of November, um, we are coming up to being about halfway sold through the tickets at this point. Uh, it's going to be a great event. There'll be a big social out in Northampton. It's also Andy's birthday so that you can get by him all of the dog related presents you can think of. Um, I am ensuring that he will be making an appearance, whether it be to play, to TO or whatever. And there may also be a member of the Polish community joining us in Mateus. Uh, but I need to see if he remembers actually saying that um, or if he was just a little bit drunk. Uh, but no, it be a great event. Um, you can find it on Facebook by going onto our Facebook page, looking in the events. It'll be at Kingdom Gaming in Northampton. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a good one. Chris Reese might even make an appearance. <laughs> I'm certainly looking at it. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, if you are looking for flights and accommodation, though, uh, you will need to now look a bit further from a field. Um, it's probably going to be like to last minute by the time this uh, gets published tomorrow hopefully um but on the 7th and 8th of october in gdansk uh the polish are having their world open qualifier um they've currently got 68 signed up um so if you are a polish listener um make sure you go and submit your list please um if you are one of us and you want to go and you can do last minute then great go Otherwise, I think the next one in Europe is the 11th, uh, 18th and 19th of November, um, and that's the the one in the Netherlands. Um, and the is that right? No, that's Marda. That's why that was confusing me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's Milan as well, the same weekend. Um, so you can either have uh, sunny Italy or you can have uh, just outside Amsterdam in Rotterdam. Um, both of them with flights and accommodation on the line. Um, so I think that's all the upcoming events. Unless anyone's, have you got anything you want to plug for up in Scotland? Because I know you've got quite a big community. Yeah, so it's decently sized. Um, there is going to be a store champ in Edinburgh at some point. Um, we've still got a kit. Uh, the, the kind of Edinburgh venue. Uh, they're just trying to work out where and when and how they're going to do it. Um, once that gets announced, I'll sort of plug it out on the the socials and the kind of the calendar. Um, but Edinburgh is fairly accessible for folk to get to and um, is also a decent night out. So um, if anyone is interested, uh, feel free to let me know. But I'll try and publicise that when it when it gets done. Uh, and you can come listen to David do his unintelligible Scottish accent um, and see if anyone can work out what he's saying. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, uh, that was definitely longer than I thought we'd do um, without cockles. Um, so I think well, that's, a, that's a wrap as far as I'm concerned. Um, so thank you for listening have you got anything to sign off with Ollie and where can people find you so you guys can find me on discord at cbt3 that's no moon uh, you can message the facebook page um, I am now coming out of the uh, busy section of my life so I will be able to start replying to messages and getting sponsorship back up and running again 
Um, again, so yeah, I do apologise if you have messaged the page and I haven't responded. Um, it's just been a bit mental for me the last month or so. Cool. Um, Chris, where can people find you if you want them to? Uh, so I pop up periodically on the That's No Moon Discord um, and I'll be around at kind of UK events. But uh, otherwise, it's not really anything worth following. <laughs> and you can, um, you can find Andy on any band list from Dog Shelters. His picture will his picture will be up there in is is A three yeah A three size on every wall of every shelter saying keep away from this dog eating dimwit. <laughs> <laughs> or you can find me on the discords under AJST um, or on the Facebook. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week with a mini extravaganza deep dive on all the battle forces and future releases and stuff. Uh, so thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast. To keep up to date with us, please like and follow us on Facebook, That's No Moon, a Star Wars Legion podcast, and Instagram, That's No Moon podcast. <laughs>